Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to The Wind Down. I'm Nick and with me I have Scott. Hello, Scott. How are you? Good. Thank you, Nick. How are you going? I'm very well indeed. I'm very well indeed. So first question, where are we? What are we drinking? Hey, guess what? We moved office today. We did. We did. We did. It was way easier moving office when our office fell down. There was, it was <laughs> so much easier, but this time well, we've had to move stuff. There was nothing to move once your office fell down. Yes, yes. Good point. So... Where are we? Oh, we're at WeWork. We've moved. We are at WeWork. We actually moved into a WeWork building. That's very cool. Yes, it is indeed. They don't have rules about not drinking wine in the building either, do they? They don't. They don't. They also don't have rules about how you open the bottle of wine all over the office rules, do they? Minor issue. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what are we drinking? Uh, look, we are drinking a lovely um, Chateauneuf de Papa from um, Southern French, uh, French region. It's a 2019. It's actually quite nice. Mm, it isn't too bad. You'd... Um, You'd buy that again. Yeah, yeah, no, I did. I'd open it differently next time. Yeah, minor issue. And if you can see, you probably can't see this on the video, but um, we didn't have a corkscrew. Um, so Scott's used a screwdriver to push the cork into the bottle. Well, we, actually, to be fair, we do have a corkscrew. We just can't, we find, just it. can't find it now yep. that we've actually moved everything. But it, um, was, it, was, it was filled so, so highly as you pushed it down, it, it sprayed wine. <laughs> it, it did have a little love moment there, didn't it? Oh, well, it tastes just as well. It regardless. does. So what are we talking about today? So you know what? Um, so last week, um, I had the uh, the privilege of attending uh, an IT conference. Oh, wow. uh, I'm back on up, up on the those. Sunshine Coast. Yes, you know, people get on planes and you go and actually learn things. And well, that's that's coming back, which is um, which is quite good. So um, we've done that. Yep. And uh, that was um, it was good to get a bit of an update of where the industry is, what's been happening the last couple of years, and so forth. Um, so I thought I'd just talk a little bit about some of the key points um, in there. Sounds sounds great. Sounds great. Now, they the, the conference you went to, the ARN Edge conference. They yes. do they do a bunch of independent research for that conference. They, don't they? they do. They they um, they go and talk to um, uh, organisations of various sizes. They also talk to the uh, IT partners in the channel. They talk to all different different bodies, and they they go and you know sort of what what's happening. What are you doing? Rate these topics. What are you, what are you working on? What are you not working? All this sort of thing. And look, it's it, it's good because uh, for us it gives us the ability to see look what what's in the customer mind. Yep. And in the customer mindset, it also gives them the ability to see, look, what's in the partner mindset. And hopefully the two are pretty close together and not too far apart on most things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which has been good. But there was, there was a couple of interesting sort of um, topics out of all of that. And I thought we'd just you know, talk about a couple of highlights of just where what people are thinking about, what they're, what they're focused on, what they're doing, and to some degree, what, what they're not doing. Mm, that's interesting. So, so it's kind of what's happening in technology in 2022. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's a, a great title. We could use that as a topic for a yes. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder which president marketing thought of that. Um, okay, so... Starting at the top, priorities. Priorities. So, look, I guess it's no surprise if I sort of mention that security is the number one priority in people's minds at the moment. Mm -hmm. And, look, a couple of years ago, it was like third on the list. Uh, yeah, so it's still pretty important, but people are sort of, oh, we've got to make sure things are secure, but we're really more focused on this project or these business issues and so forth. But now it's security. It's 
make sure we've locked their data down, make sure we've secured our, um, our people, everybody's working from home, make sure that um, yeah, that's being done in a secure way that's not going to expose our data or our systems. That's um, stopping things like phishing and, and email scandals all the way up to firewalls and... Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's right across the board. It, it's no longer just about the, um, the IT part of it, I think. Uh, it, it's more about the, the process, it's about the people, um, it's about the training, uh, it's about educating people about what's not real, because uh, we're seeing um, a bit of a sway, and look, we'll, we'll talk about this in a separate, um, a separate wind down episode, but we're seeing a change in the way security is being both addressed by the client side mm-hmm. and also at the hacker side, at the, at the bad person side, um, because there's been so much effort put into securing organisations and you know, locking all those controls down. It's sort of, you know, if, if, if you're big enough and valuable enough as an organisation, you've done a, a decent amount of work in that space in general. Yep. Uh, otherwise, you're probably not really around anymore these days. Um, so it, that makes it harder, but there's other avenues of approach. We'll, we'll cover that separately, but it's just it's just interesting seeing all the different ways of doing these things. So anyway, so, so sec- security was up top. Security is up top, and that's different. When I was at my last conference back in 2020, security was like number three or something, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was still it was still one of those things where you kept talking about security, and everybody kept nodding, uh, but thinking that's great. I can spend all this time and effort on security, but ultimately, it's not going to get me a single extra dollar of revenue. Yep. It's not going to get me another client. It's not going to. Yes, but and now it's been, it's been building up really since the turn of the millennium. Uh, oh, look, Microsoft it, it has secure computing project. Actually, that was yeah, that was about then, um, and been growing in importance since then. So, so now it's number one. Yeah, so now now it all of a sudden is the key, and um, everybody is sort of in sync on that. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the the client view is now caught up with the the vendor view or the channel view of where <laughs> where people want them our clients to be, um, and you don't get a chance to get away from it now since you've either got to have insurance or you can actually be liable at a director level for not putting yep. the appropriate things in place. Yeah, so I, I think that's that's quite funky, right? In that. Um, um, yeah, do you think what's happening now is all of the other priorities? I'm going to say security number one. You think everything's now being seen through that lens of security? It is. There's a. I think security uh, security awareness is mm-hmm. an item that boards are now a lot more focused on. Yep. It may not be their key thought, but if you asked five years ago, hey, tell me about your data security, and you probably have at, at least half of your board going, yeah, that's the IT yep. thing. We don't really know much. Uh, about that, but I'm sure we're doing something. Um, the other part of it is, if you look at the boards now, they're, they've all got some concept of what's happening. Mm-hmm. They also know w- which one of the board members is fronting the project yep. um, and sort of roughly where they're up to. And they can tell you, yes, we've taken a number of actions. And even in the board reports, especially for the public companies, you, you look at all the board uh, the reports there, there's security topics in there. Wow. Wow. And, you know, just 10 years ago, we were talking about Australian boards and having no tech in Australian boards at all and them mm. being quite like our government in really not understanding technology very well. Yes. Uh, but that's shifting. So that's that, that, that push. We've done the security. But the other trend I'm hearing is the push into what we call CX or customer experience. Yeah. So there's, I think, a, a push, yes, there's a lot more focus on it. Um, so the, the the next sort of topics in those areas, you and this is especially true over the last couple of years, where look everybody's been working from home, businesses haven't been as actively 
making sales and doing things the way they used to. Therefore, what are you trying to do? You're trying to protect the clients you've got, mm-hmm. making sure that, hey, let, let's not lose clients in this time. Let's make sure that we can do whatever we can to them. So there's been a lot of focus on the, the client experience, making it better, improving the way you do things. Yep. Um, and that sort of led to a whole new, I'll say, chunk of the industry uh, that's really CX-focused. Uh, what is the experience your clients are having when they are dealing with you? And when you, when you look at that, so like in the past, you may just be selling widgets. And said, so, okay, yep. someone walks into your store and they say, I want one widget. And you go, yep, here we go, great. But now sales happen online. How easy was it? How many clicks did they need to do? Could they use credit card and facilities easily? What was the experience like versus the 10 other potential places they could buy a widget from? Because yep. this is the age where simplicity wins. And if you can just go tap, 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 hey, this thing's turning up, yeah. all of a sudden you've just <laughs> got a big boost ahead of your competitor and all the, you don't know why because it may not even be as good a product. Well, and that's what people want, right? People want that ease. People don't want to spend time on the phone. They don't want to talk to people. They want to, People are now so used to QR codes and ordering online and all of mm. those sorts of things. If you as a business aren't doing that oh. securely, then you missed a trick. Well, well that's it. So the, the big focus around the client experience, and that's been going for a couple of years now, um, it's, it's kept its head in those uh, like top three, top four key items. I don't think it's going away soon, but I do think there's a lot more maturity in that space now that the underlying tools to provide a really great client experience, have, they've been around for a while, they've, they've had chances to mature, and a lot of people have implemented them. So, yeah. Cool. That's interesting. So that's, I kind of get a feel there's been a shift in the customer base. They're moving from the old protect phase which you've had for the last two years where they're just trying to keep hold of whatever revenue they've got because of covid and stuff and they're now into a kind of grow phase right well they they have um and this sort of links into i guess the whole client experience part as well uh what what we've also seen with this this grow thing is that okay we've been spent the last couple of years as you said you're protecting our customer base we want to grow but how do we grow and in those last two years, if you weren't working on your digital transformation efforts, if you weren't like updating your applications, if you weren't in there modernising the way you do things, looking, making your processes more efficient, putting some, um, putting some automation in the business, um, then you're going to have a trouble existence sort of now because the businesses that have are now starting to boom. We're seeing that exponential growth oh, yeah. or that, that really, hey, we, we've, we've sorted out all these issues in the background while everybody else was sort of doing whatever they're doing. Now we're ready for the next advanced level of how do we conquer this market using you know, approaches that generally weren't available to us before. Yep. Um, I, I think I mentioned once, um, once before we had a client a long time ago who said, hey, I, I, I want to get a website. I want to put all of our goods and items on it. Um, and how do we make sales happen there? I said, well, let's look at stage one. Well, we can certainly do that, but where's your inventory now? And they said, in that book over there. <laughs> yes, I, so, I remember well, okay. this one. And this is, this is the thing. And if you haven't sorted out the digital transformation part at the back end, I said, well, let's say people go to your website. What are they going to do? How do they know? You can't have someone watching a screen saying, someone just asked, how many items of those do you have in stock? And send a runner off to go look in the book, work out the number and come back and type it in as a response. That's just not going to work. Um, So really, if you haven't updated the back end of your operation to be efficient and to catch up and to enable 
the modern transformations, then you're sort of a bit stuck now. Yeah, so that's that's the trick. We do a lot of work at the moment mm. on that back end. And, and I see, yeah, it's funny, you talk about innovation, right? Mm. And, and people think of innovation as innovation in end user experience or customer experience and that type of innovation. There's so much innovation you can do in the back office. Oh, absolutely. That, that's kind of boring and not very interesting, but boy, oh, it makes a difference. It, it makes a big difference in the efficiency of your operation, in which means when you do start to hit the more modern go-to-market elements, you're doing it faster you're uh, producing faster, you're delivering faster, mm-hmm. and you're now the business that the uh, the consumer of your goods is looking at going, hey, that was easy, that was quick. Yep. Yeah. Look at Amazon, they can deliver something within two hours. Um, in, I was in San Diego a few years ago, now, half an hour. Yeah. And my, my wife clicked on something on the website and it says, hey, what's this two-hour um, delivery thing? And I was going, oh. Really, <laughs> come on! Tick, tick it. Let's see what happens. Well, she was an Amazon Prime thing, and tick, 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 and literally half an hour later, there's a courier at the door with a box. And you've got to be kidding me! Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, and I've, I've done that even in Australia, where, where everything's really slow. But on Amazon, ordering something and it appearing that day, yes, which is uh, really in this world unbelievable. Well, and then you look at how Amazon runs its warehouses. Yeah, which is a whole Robots separate topic. It, it's all, it's, a, it's an automated things. warehouse. It, yeah. it is quite amazing. So, you look at all of that and you sort of go, okay, they've they've driven that level of efficiency, automation. They haven't got any elements in their sort of, uh, I, I guess, order to cash yep. process that don't need to be there. Uh, and you can see the results accordingly. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, innovation is the key to, key success. to success. Yes, it is. It is. Um, it is. So. So, and that, that, that change leads to people, so there's another trend, people not doing, if your business is doing today the same thing it was doing two years ago, yes, then you're two years behind competitors that have innovated. Now, I will say, to qualify it, some people's unique selling proposition is, I'm an accountant in the local area, or I'm the only car mechanic within 100 kilometers. And so that's a little bit different. But the last thing you want is somebody coming and setting up and beating you to things, right? Yeah, and look, I, I even think things like the, the, the accounting professional services firms, accounting, legal, to some degree even medical, what's stopping someone saying, oh, yeah, but I, I don't want to have to go to the local person. Why can't I just do it online? Yep. Why, why can't I just travel around to whatever I'm doing and just send stuff in online? It's, I mean, what is the physical presence doing when it's adding value is it adding value like i can get it for a doctor you've got to be there to for example have an operation maybe yes but there's also there's online e-health as well so that level yes just have to necessarily be there and i've got a a relative of mine who does you know um psychologists and dietitians and things like that and that's all done online has been through covid but even continuing to be now and that's working quite well yeah, I'm even seeing the, the modern law firms now that have started up in the last sort of few years. Yep. Um, th- there is no office. As in you, no. you don't go anywhere. You schedule uh, a, a video conference style meeting. Yep. You can upload any documents. And they're, yeah, they're real people. Well, well, I know an accounting firm set up by a friend of mine um, that's now done so well out of doing that. They never meet their customers. They've now bought three other firms. There you go. And, and basically, they're buying the firms for the customer list, and the staff are going because they don't need that many staff because they're saving on the rent, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But that, well, that's interesting mm. because I know that in the, in the IT industry, we actually have some skills shortages. Oh, we always mind about this, but we've got crazy skill shortages. I remember Greg Miller 
coming to see us at CompTIA when we first started CompTIA. Greg Miller worked for SAP, but he did this um, basically um, Young IT Explorer, it was called. And it was a competition for kids at school to come up with innovative IT ideas. And the reason they did that was they predicted by now we'd be missing, I think, 700,000 jobs in IT. Oh, now it's now. We're missing about 700,000 jobs in IT. We don't have people to fill them. But it's interesting what we can't fill. It's not every role. Everybody goes, oh, it's really hard to find developers. And yeah, I hire them. It's hard to find them. But the roles now we can't find are project managers and business analysts and well, those that, types well, that's, of roles. Uh, that's it. I mean, we've got issues right at the moment because of all the um, there's restrictions around um, people coming in on visas, no migration workers coming in, yep. um, as we've had in the past which means, hey, we, we either are now doing things remotely <laughs> yep. uh, or we've got to work out how do we work with what we've got and do it smarter. And, and Greg's skill shortage number he's coming up with didn't take into account a pandemic no. or, or migration. It took into account what was normally happening. So it's worse than I, that now. I saw a number last week, which was about 830,000, 840,000 or something like that, which is sort of in line. That would be with about the, right. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it, these are, and they're real, real shortages. Uh, and where we've seen in the past uh, organisations saying, I, I don't want to outsource to the Philippines or to India or to whatever, because I just, it, I've, I've either been there and it hasn't worked, um, or for whatever reason in their particular business, um, they, they've not managed to make that successful. They're now looking at going, I, I may have to. Yeah, I but may have to go back there because I just can't get the people I need. But here. we're also working on projects now where we've got organisations who are outsourced, not necessarily in IT, well, that, but it's office thing. operations. Yes. And we're writing technology to basically bring that on shore, but without people. Well, that, that's the next evolution. I mean, the, the stage one was yes, I've, I've got a good business, but I've got all these manual processes. How do I make my operation more efficient? So yep. well, you could outsource it to a country where the labour cost is lower. Okay, but th let's think a bit further. Why not redevelop the process so you don't need so much manual and, elements? And I think we can also use, it's, it's quite funny, one of the examples I used earlier, um, when you say labour cost is lower, that's assuming the same amount of time for the same amount that, of output. That's very true. Very and, true. And, and sometimes that's true, don't, don't get me wrong, and sometimes it's really not. Um, so you've got to be very careful. Lots of people get fixated on the hourly rate. Um, but as I said, an hour of a junior developer versus an hour of a senior developer are very different levels of oh, output. No, look, absolutely. Um, and so when you, uh, for example, our team that we run really purely with seniors, although I've got a junior now, um, versus you know, a, a team which is mid-level to juniors, they'll take 40, 50 hours to deliver something of inferior quality that uh, my team might deliver in five or six hours. So it's a real difference in that. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. It, it can cost, in theory, more in, in your mind, but in the end, it doesn't actually cost more. No, no it doesn't. In fact, but you end up saving time and money. Yeah, and it's, it's important to chat about that because while we talk about all this innovation and all those things, lots of business owners think, I know I need to build a website or an app or, or this or that or mm. the other and rush out to you know, Fiverr.com or Upwork or, or one of these you know, offshoring things because they look crazy cheap when you start and go and get something built. And I could tell you I have several people a week come to me and say, you know, I've just spent 50, 60,000 on this. I've run out of money. Can you fix it? Um, and 9.9 .9 times out of 10, I go, no, that's a rewrite to actually get to where you it's, want to be. And that's, yeah. a, that's a problem, right? But And does that sort of lead into, I mean, as this is the point you mentioned before, there's a significant lack of business analysts. Yes. And 
project managers. And you think, hey, why do we need, I just need developers to go, no, you don't. No, no, no. You, you really need your business analyst to map your processes out to understand what the inputs are, understand what the outputs are, so that when you're actually giving it to a developer, they've got a chance of actually reproducing what you do. Yeah, you also want to box what developers do, right? And, and being nice to my team and other teams of developers, you don't want to let developers invent, create, and deliver your project from start to finish. That's not a developer role. There's lots of different roles in there. So you've got developers, testers, BAs, PMs, business analysts, project managers, architects, and all of those, that group goes together to build a product, not mm. just a developer. And the number of other orgs I see who go, well, we've got a oh, single developer guy. And I go, well, who's testing? Well, the developer guy is. <laughs> yeah, you get all sorts of stuff like that. So it's important to have those kind of teams around those sorts of things. Yeah, I wrote it. It compiled. It must work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, yeah. enough of that. So I guess, um, but uh, having sat through like quite a lot of sessions last week and looking at all the topics, all the discussions we had uh, with industry leaders, with vendors, mm -hmm. with, with other partners, uh, even some clients, there was one thing of which there was really very little focus on and only popped up really a couple of times. Uh, the, let me guess, it's the traditional IT stuff. Oh, it's, it's all the standard laptops, IT. desktops, yep. switches, routers, networks, printers. All, all, all that. that all that yeah. basic level foundational IT stuff. nobody really cares. No, it's, it's, it's not a topic anymore. It's a sh you've got to have that. They're, they're like, um, uh, it's table stakes to actually play in business these days. Yep. No one's going around saying you should buy the blue laptop versus the red laptop because of this, this and this. And, and, but it still surprises me, the number of clients we come across that want to talk about why not that screen versus this oh, yeah. ver versus... They're the wrong discussions. Pe people will come to me and say, what should I look for when I'm looking for a laptop? I said, a keyboard you like. Ah, oh, really? Yeah, that's because you're going to type on it, right? So you want something that's, that's right. ergonomically suits you. Oh, so how do I find that out? Go to JB Hi-Fi or Harvey Norman and play on every computer you can find till you find one that works for you. Yeah, it, it, that's just it. I couldn't imagine going to, like if I, if I bought an ABC car and taking it back to the dealer for its first service and saying, uh, these wheel nuts are just a little interesting. Can you do a red wheel nut instead of a blue wheel yeah, nut? And can, yeah. you, and can you use this oil instead of that oil and whatever? Who does that? Yeah, yeah. And then that's the same. And so this was explained to me many moons ago by a lady called Pauline Tan, who used to be head of IDA, which is the Infocom Development Authority in Singapore, part of the Singapore government. And Pauline Tan said her vision for technology, very smart lady, was what we call utility computing. Computing that works just like the telephone and the power does. Yep. You flick a switch and it happens. Right? Back in the time she was talking about that, computing was still very, you know, and computing started in laboratories, and really it's taken a while to get itself out of the laboratory and become mainstream. Now, cloud's really helped that. Yeah, oh, look, it, it has, it has. So, so I guess that stop looking at what brand or flavour of PC you're buying. Nobody cares. Focus on automating your business, making it more efficient, driving bigger outcomes. Yeah. Um, oh, God's sake, don't buy the cheapest PC, and don't buy the most expensive, and just buy something in the middle with a nice screen and keyboard. And they don't all have to be the same. They can be different, because it doesn't matter anymore. That's right. It's all in the cloud. Yep. As we showed when we moved in two hours today. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we do have a bit of stuff, but still, it was... Um, yeah, we've got to get rid of no, some of that. It wasn't as if we had rooms full of systems driving our business. No, no, which, which no. is cool. So the focus is not on... 
Pre-seeds, not some what they call it, feeds and something. Uh, speeds and feeds. Speeds and feeds. There we yes. go. There's an IT term for. Oh, There's a topic for a wind. <laughs> Probably <laughs> not. Yeah. Probably not. But okay. the focus needs to be on automating the business because that's where the bang for yeah. the buck is. Yeah. So, what, what do you think the future looks like here then? Wow, it's not. Well, I'd, I'd say the future's not doing the same stuff you do today a little bit better. Mm. I, I think we're, we've already seen disruption in so many industries like Uber, like Amazon, who've, you know, if we'd have said around the turn of the millennium, in fact, that happened. Everybody said, oh, we're all going to be buying online and it caused this massive crash and everybody sat back and went, oh, that's a fad, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's not a fad now because I buy very little in physical shops now and, and yeah. more and more people I do. I can't remember the last time I went into a physical store. I'm sure I did at some yeah. point. I must it, have. But it was funny. I was talking to my wife's mum, who's, who's elderly, and she does all of her shopping online because it's brilliant for her. So the people you think wouldn't do it are doing it. So it is, it is fascinating. <laughs> I, I have a slightly op the opposite issue. Um, I have people ringing my mother who's you know, quite elderly yeah. as well now, and, I th and they thought, well, there's a problem with your computer. And she'll quite happily talk to them for half an hour. <laughs> At which point they'll say, okay, but about the computer. But, but I don't have a computer. <laughs> but she knows talking to people, so. <laughs> oh, that's cool. That's cool. Anyway. That's cool. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's every, and, and this has been said over and over again, and you don't believe it until it happens. But if you don't disrupt your own business, somebody's going to disrupt your business. So you've got to look at that automation and all of those bits and pieces yes. to really change what you do. So taxi to Uber, online bookstores to Amazon. I'll, I'll tell you what, five years ago, maybe even five, six, seven years ago, would you have thought the person across from you crazy if they said, hey, get your phone, go tap, 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 and in 10 minutes, someone will deliver a Big Mac to you? Yeah, no, that would be <laughs> stupid. Yet what's one of the key items on Uber Eats? People order McDonald's. Well, exactly. And, and menu log and all those sorts of things. Yeah. The, the other, who uh, actually reminded me as, as you were talking there, these these you know, monumental shifts in how we operate now that we'd never have thought of. I and mean, I saw a great um, magazine article from 1963 predicting the, the mobile phone. Right? And um, and everybody thought that was stupid. And But all of those enabling technologies, and it really comes back to all the things we've been doing in technology have converged to enable these experiences and businesses have jumped mm. on them to enable them to deliver it. So it is a paradigm shift. It, it is. And the businesses that have taken advantage of the paradigm shift are the ones that are going boom now. Yep. And those that haven't are going, well, hang on, where'd that business come from? They weren't here a few years ago and now they're 10 times my size. Well, exactly. There's, there's retail food stores which have no shop front. Yeah, so there's a whole that. bunch of them appearing. They're called dark kitchens. And Uber Eats will pick up from them or Menulog will pick up from them and they'll deliver to your home and they'll have a brand and they'll do all sorts of nice stuff and they won't exist. Mm. You just won't, there'll be some industrial area somewhere. You won't even know where they are. That kind of stuff. Who'd have thought that would yeah. happen, right? And if you look at the cost of what used to be prime real estate for um, eating yeah. places, um, all of a sudden that's gone. Yes, yeah, funny, isn't it? It's funny, isn't it? So you've got to keep up, right? You've got to keep up. Don't fall behind. I said, be the competition. Don't be looking at what your competition does. Yes. And have the courage to implement. Yes. Think big. Think bold. Have that courage. And, and, and do Go it. And, 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 and spend the money because it will come back to you in spades. Absolutely.
Cool. That was yeah. awesome. Thanks, yeah. Scott. Thank you, Nick. That's wonderful. And, and thank you for listening or watching with us today. If you do like what you see, please leave us a like, please subscribe, and leave us a comment if there's a topic you'd like us to discuss. Um, thank you so much, Scott. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye.